So, this is a very special episode. I've always wanted to say that. (laughs) Welcome to a very special episode of Mansplainer, in which we flip the tables and I become a woman-splainer. Woman-splainer! Yeah, it might be. This might be more impressive if it was like a feminist or female-based topic, probably. But instead, you just asked me about something hobby interest adjacent of mine, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is Spencer. And this is Patty. And I have a question this time. Okay. Okay. You actually had a few questions, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, some of them were kind of like follow-up-y. So, I'm enough of a nerd that... I am aware culturally about a lot of this stuff, but I don't have enough specific interest in, like, the genre or umbrella genre, but I know a bunch. I'm hoping you can help me out. Okay. So zombies. Like, (laughs) what's... (laughs) (laughs) Just what's the deal with zombies? Yeah, what's, what's their deal? So... Like, the thing is, depending on who you ask, there are different types of zombies, right? And I'm not talking, like, fast zombies, slow zombie. I'm talking, like... Which is a controversial topic. I mean, everything about zombies is controversial, because whenever you get involved in a genre, you get people who are very invested in their uh, their sort of culture around being very invested in things. Um, I feel like horror genres are very similar to comics in that way right people are very protective of things and you'll always have one person in the corner saying well actually (laughs) (laughs) okay so go on (laughs) what what specifically and okay i should preface this with the fact that while i am a huge horror fan have been since i was far too small to be watching horror movies it was something that my mom and i used to do together um zombies are not my favorite they actually are something that i don't have a ton of interest in right um just just a like I would rather watch a zombie movie than a torture horror movie um but really more slasher vampire kind of horror <laughs> than zombies. So I'm right. going to do my best here and I fully expect to be well actually by someone who listens to this. And I will say I do not like horror at all. I know. Um, a part of it is just general wussiness and part of it is when I was like seven or eight, I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and my dad was watching Psycho and it was like one in the morning and I was on my way back and I was like, hey, come sit down a minute. And then I watched most of Psycho when I was really not emotionally prepared for Psycho <laughs> 
And... I don't know that anyone's ever emotionally prepared for Psycho. (laughs) And so I kind of don't do horror at all. I will say I've, I've been dragged to a couple horror experiences. And one, one I will straight up admit was a very good movie. Although I did have to pee twice. And those were convenient excuses to take, like, a 30-second break. Get out. It was amazing. It was very good. And I... Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, even still, I was like, I don't feel bad that I have to pee, because I need, like, a second. (laughs) (laughs) This is a a man who did not make it through Drew Barrymore's death in Scream, which I think most horror fans agree is... Not her death. The movie is almost more of a comedy than a horror movie it wasn't until three that it actually got scary anyway let us get back to your zombie question so i know enough about zombies to know that there are like the original zombies were magic right it was it was a spell cast over people and or horses there are like resident evil zombies which are viruses there are Zombies that are just no reason. They're zombies. And like there are a couple different types, but I don't know which one works better in... like Which one makes better movies? Because I have a couple thoughts on that, having not really seen many zombie <laughs> movies, about like what I would guess would make a better movie. Now I just really want to make you watch zombie movies. But, I mean, you watch Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. That's not really a horror movie. Yeah. So, so that's well, your first question. Yeah, like which which one is good to watch? <laughs> so, that is a highly subjective question. <laughs> well, yes, right. So, I will say that zombies have been around for a really long time. That like the cultural history of zombies has been, as most things are, appropriated. Right. So it started as early as the eighth century. Um, and is tied to um, to some religions um, and voodoo and um, in the U.S. with Haitian Creole in Louisiana. Um, and the original zombies were people who died and then they were brought back to life and didn't have free, like, the ability to speak and they didn't have free will. A little different than what you're seeing in movies now and i will say i knew about that kind of zombie because of a scrooge mcduck comic from the 60s (laughs) (laughs) which i am sure was rife with cultural appropriation and racist overtones uh a a bit of racism (laughs) but it was like an original zombie Right. Yeah, and I feel like maybe some Scooby-Doo plot lines have relied on that, although ultimately, you know, none of the Scooby-Doo villains were truly magical. Um, which is the point. Yes, which is why Spencer has a lot of problems with the movies. Let's, let's not... Do you want to go there? I'm, I'm just going to say that Scooby-Doo is ahead of its time in teaching us that any weird crap we're seeing or... 
like evil <laughs> plots in the world are really secretly about white people trying to steal land. <laughs> so really, Scooby-Doo is introductory skeptics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like there is no magic. There is no magic. This is all able to be scientifically proven. Velma, Velma's a scientist, right? Yeah. Okay. That's why she's the best one. Yeah. I will say that what those movies got right is that Scrappy-Doo is is nonsense garbage and the worst. Yeah. He is the Robin the Muppet of the Scooby-Doo universe. I feel so much worse, uh, though. Like, he's so much worse. <laughs> I know you hate Robin with a fiery so passion, but I feel like Scrappy-Doo... <sighs> There's someone somewhere for whom both Scrappy-Doo and Robin the Muppet are their favorites. And I don't know if I want to meet that person or I <laughs> never want to meet that person. I've never seen Patty get in a fight, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Cousin Oliver. They feel like the Cousin Oliver, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> let's, let's get back. So it depends on the type of person you are. If you are someone really invested and engaged in magical thinking, whether that's based in religion, which some people would argue is magical thinking, or just you're willing, you're able to remove yourself from the realities of the world and suspend your disbelief and believe in magic, um, I could see that magical zombies could appeal to you. For me, and I think for most people, and if you're watching the trends of zombie movies, shows, books, for the love of God, you cannot take three steps without running into a zombie. The CDC is even running disaster drills using zombie infections now as a way to engage people because they're such a cultural touch point. Um, the, the viral you know, the idea of a virus that would either reanimate or stop someone from fully dying um, is is very popular right now. And so I think people would lean into that as the better movie, partly because it appeals to a fear that people 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 actually think it could happen, right? That's right. part of what made um Gosh, my mom loved the book, The Stand. Oh, yeah. And the movie, The Stand. But when she read it, it completely terrified her because she felt like it could happen. Which, you know, chemical warfare is kind of a warning about things like that. And I think that on some level, people actually believe that the government could be developing a virus that could escape and either reanimate the dead or turn people into zombies. So yeah. right now, given our current political climate and propensity towards um, conspiracy theories yeah. in our culture, I feel like that probably makes for a better movie because your audience is more willing to go along with that. So the reason I ask is, like, I feel like one of the things that tends to ruin horror for people is the same thing that ruins a joke, which is explaining it, mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, one, of the, one of the horror movies I was dragged to, as it were, was Event Horizon. 
which we didn't physically go to event no i know i know that's why i said (laughs) that's why i said it the way i said it so in a manner of speaking and the thing is it was weird and upsetting and then at the end spoiler warning for a 15 year old movie at the end it turns out hell is real and like (laughs) that's really unsatisfying it's it is really unsatisfying and that that makes me angry to this day right i will say that when you put something something like magical into a movie it does let you sleep better at night if you don't believe in magic right, right. because right. you can go to sleep and not think that not think anything is actually going to happen yeah but it, it, Ooh, it sorry, makes I'm me kind of my mic stand. yeah it makes me kind of wonder if like a no explanations like there's no explanation it's just they're zombies here. Like Shaun of the Dead. Or right. like, I mean, they kind of toss in with a new segment that something's happening, but they don't ever really explain, here's why there are zombies. It's just, zombies are a thing, you gotta deal with it. And then, that's that. And I don't know if that would make it better, or if something like, say Resident Evil, or I didn't read or watch World War Z, but I'm guessing World War Z is a virus thing. Well, I, I there are a couple of things, <clears throat> right? So... General consensus for most modern pop culture is that it is a virus that causes zombies. Very rarely is it discussed how that virus starts. Like, it's just, it just happens, right? So in Romero's Night of the Living Dead, it wasn't explicitly spelled out. It just happened that this was happening, but more and more people could be reanimated or in the case of some newer films, anyone who dies doesn't die because of whatever this infection is that's spreading. Oh, like walking dead kind of where they're yeah, um, and where it's I will already say, there and they don't die kind of thing. Yeah. The, I will say that the walking dead, the one thing that's different there is that corpses aren't reanimating most zombie films, it's recently deceased, already dead people that are coming back as zombies. Right. And apparently in The Walking Dead, which I think I watched the first three, maybe four seasons of, and then I was just exhausted by these people. <laughs> <laughs> it is unusual for me to bail on a show, but come on. Um, it wasn't people... In that universe, people who are already dead can't come back. Scientifically, that's probably that's more accurate, right? You can't reanimate a dead thing. You know, technically, um, Doctor Frankenstein's monster, zombie, ah, reanimated uh. corpse. Yeah, think about that. And uh. the whole, um, huh. the whole idea of flesh-eating, brain-eating zombies didn't start didn't start until really until um Romero right because they were just unthinking henchmen that were doing evil evil people's will right because they were magically created by yeah so okay so magicians priests um when I was 18 I was dragged by, I was tricked, rather, by a friend into seeing the remake of Dawn of the Dead. And I feel like 
Is that the one where they're in the mall? Yeah. Yeah. Malls. Popular places to hide from zombies. Uh, okay, we'll we'll talk about that, I guess, in a second. But well, yeah. Um, I feel like I haven't watched it again because not my jam. I own it. But you can watch I, it if you want. I feel like there was a title card in the beginning that said something like "When hell is full, the dead will roam the earth" yeah. or whatever. And I feel like that was another zombie type with its the explanation is hell is full. <laughs> So. Yeah, you know what's weird about that is I actually had to look that up because I did not not remember that being a thing. Apparently it's a thing. I never noticed it. Okay. That's, I mean, come on. <laughs> so so that for you is the least satisfactory of yeah. all of them? Okay. I, so every zombie is someone who went to hell? Or would have gone to hell? Yeah. But could, yeah. Come on. That's, I guess that is requiring an extra level of buy-in because you have to believe in hell and believe that the dead would yeah and most movies have characters transition from being living into a zombie at some point right and frequently those are people connected to your to your main characters a parent a child uh usually not a child but that would be a good plot twist please more child zombies there was definitely Um, a baby zombie in that movie yeah it was born a zombie it was i don't know yeah i don't okay so actually um speaking of the the transition part um what are this is the one thing that really i just don't understand what are the rules (laughs) for transitioning like how how do you make more zombies because i know the classic is i got bit by a zombie and like okay so does that mean spit went into the blood so is is it saliva in which case could a zombie just spit on you from a rooftop and you're a zombie now uh, <laughs> like wow sniper zombies <laughs> I, um... <laughs> <laughs> I just so Unbelievably, very little information on this available. Huh. Yeah. Um, most of the time, it's bites, right? Yeah. That's what it is. I don't... I will say this. <laughs> um, zombies don't generally have the dexterity to aim saliva and spit <laughs> <in> people. <laughs> um, I, I know that... It's complicated because the only way to kill a zombie is to destroy the brain or remove the brain from the body, right? So either decapitation or somehow, or bludgeoning. Um, I think it has to be a mucous membrane, blood and mucous membrane or blood. What would make more sense is a blood-blood contact, right? So. Yeah. So are we just assuming zombies all have open sores in their mouths? Well, zombies them? kind of all have open sores because they're decomposing. Yeah, but like in their... Uh, yeah. Yeah. The fact that so, they have teeth is kind of amazing. So, well, yeah, because that, <laughs> that tissue is I, real fragile. Right? I will say that the, there has been some scientific research around how a zombie virus is likely to spread. And it's actually not likely to spread through bites like rabies. 
because viruses mutate and become better, it would probably spread more like an avian flu or an airborne disease, they think. So anything you've seen in movies would not help you. You actually need to be in the full CDC hazmat suit with the face mask and the respirator. Yeah, okay. We're all doomed. If, so, if, if this ever happened, we would all be doomed. So even if it does require like blood-to-blood contact or, or whatever, it seems like bludgeoning... It's a real bad way to, like, yeah. any kind of melee weapon, you get a little spatter on you, you are screwed. Well, and that's part of what makes it scarier, right? Is that they're really, that's what makes them hard to kill, is it's really easy to get infected. Okay. So, the other, the other part of it is, like, I know... There are different canons, I guess, about this, but if it's really, really hard to kill him, shouldn't you just be able to wait him out? I mean, they're dead bodies. Stuff decomposes. Yeah. So, so how long do zombies last? Right. Because I, I kind of feel like, you know, I just wait a week. Yeah. I'm good. So how long would zombies last? Yeah. Right. So, zombies are, at their base, human. Yay. Um, I did read a book on decomposition by Mary Roach. I think it was called Stiff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Um, So, we know how quickly the human body decomposes. They follow a pretty predictable pattern. There are five stages to decomposition. There's... Fresh, <laughs> bloat, active decay, advanced decay, and dry or skeletal. Um, so, hold this... on. <laughs> Why don't you see more fat zombies if, like, or like big <laughs> gassy zombies if bloat? Right. You know? This is an oversight. You'd, you'd think I you'd agree. see, like, balloon zombies walking around <laughs> like the Michelin man. I would really like you to make an illustration to go along <laughs> with this podcast and because this is going to be a holiday episode could you put the bloated zombie in a santa cap please and thank you i'll I'll see what i can do all right so here's the deal um environmental factors dictate how long it takes someone to decompose and move through these stages so decomposition starts within hours of death but depending on where you are Um, If you are in a warm, hot, humid climate, uh, you can skeletonize within two or three weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the last, maybe it was the the Dawn of the Dead remake or something, like Virginia or somewhere like that. (laughs) Those zombies aren't sticking around. Yeah, so this is part of my problem with the uh, Walking Dead, is that they're in Atlanta? It started in Atlanta. They're in Georgia. First of all, the smell ungodly i would just head north as quickly as possible that said um the zombies would not last very long i and you know i guess i don't know what the time frame is on that show maybe it's like shot like 24 and i never noticed and (laughs) you know each episode is an hour of a day i really have not watched in a long time i'm gonna get a lot of well actually on this but um so if you lived, however, in Maine in winter and zombies showed up, 
or in Alaska in winter and zombies showed up, or really anywhere in Canada, they would they would last substantially longer, right? Okay, so I guess what I don't get about that is, like, freezer burn. <laughs> well, once they started to th- thaw out, it would be a real problem. They would decay more rapidly. I'm assuming that this is really gross, and I'm sorry, guys. Their flesh would slough right off. Yeah. You know, after they thawed. So, yeah, I mean, they might have a nice winter of nibbling on live people who would, let's face it, be hiding in houses with doors and locks. And I just really contend that, A, zombies would not have the dexterity to open doors and they're too fragile to break them down. Also, stairs. I don't think that zombies would be able to manage stairs. Go to the second floor. You're fine. Yeah, in New England, basically everybody has a second floor. Yeah. And... Like, if zombies can't spit at you, they can't turn a knob, <laughs> right? I, again, with the suspension of disbelief. And, like, even if, okay, let's say they break a window or whatever to try to get in. One, glass is a lot harder than you think. Two, they would cut their bodies way up, and they'd have lacerations, and they'd cut, like, tendons and whatever is actually helping them move. And then they wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah. <sighs> you're not you're not going to get disagreement from me i do not zombie the actual physical corporeal zombie would not last very long they wouldn't unless unless they're magical zombies and therefore they can't decay so right. maybe that's a check mark in the column of magical zombies right. being scarier right yeah i'm i'm just remembering... i mean if we're gonna base this all in science and go with the virus story they're going to decay because science is science and they're right. dead bodies and they're going to decompose right and a 150 pound pig in the dead of summer um only takes a couple weeks to skeletonize which is pretty oh ew <laughs> <laughs> hang on According to one study, a graduate student at Penn State University, Rachel Renee Bauer, um, actually stated that it will take a 150-pound pig four days in the heat of summer to reach the state of advanced decay, leaving mostly just bones and skin. So that means in, like, two days, even if you got it fully functioning again, it wouldn't really be able to move because... The muscles would be, yeah. like, the tendons and, and the ligaments. The, and... the thing about bloat, right, yeah. is that your skin oh. can only stretch so far. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh. yeah. Oh, Spencer's going to barf. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was there anything else? I, I do have one so, other oh, thing that oh, I found. Okay, I do have one thing that's kind of related to the outlasting part. Okay. Which is, I'm remembering uh, Spike Trotman on Twitter is talking about how humans are actually really terrible survivors on, like, a bunch of different levels in terms of, like, we're not the hardiest animals. Oh, but, but we're very adaptive. <clears throat> but we're very adaptive. And she she had a phrase that stuck out to me, and I I think about it, like, once a month, and that is, human beings starve like champs. Which means even if you get to the second floor and you don't have access to anything, right? Like, if it takes two weeks, like it would suck. Yeah. But you could probably starve for two weeks and then go about your business. Yeah, you know, people don't like to think about that though. 
And I think that's why so many zombie films are focused in cities and why so many people hide in malls, right? You have access to everything. And if it's Night of the Comet, you have a great music montage right in the middle. By the way, Night of the Comet is my favorite zombie movie. Oh, good to know. I thought I thought the whole mall thing was just a commentary on consumerism. Mm, uh, it could also be that, uh, but it's a uh, really good way to give people all of the stuff that they need to survive without making them work very hard. Yeah. I mean, I mean that makes more sense. You got a DQ, you're set. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, ice cream. <laughs> Are you said you had one more thing? Yeah. So this is exactly the kind of thing that I know you are very interested in. (laughs) So I mentioned... This is either going to be really embarrassing or really great for me. (laughs) So earlier I mentioned that the CDC has used a zombie apocalypse for disaster training to get people engaged and interested. Right. And using pop culture touch points is not unusual for different... Different... um, organizations to use to get people interested and think creatively and do things. So there was actually a study done by physics students at Leicester University that calculated that in as little as 100 days, humans would be outnumbered a million to one if an infectious zombie virus were to strike. So after three months, things would look dire for humanity with only 300 people left alive. And it, even if the last people on Earth were somehow to hold out for nine months, it's unlikely they would be able to repopulate the planet without being infected or eaten first. So it they did this research as part of an annual exercise um, to apply scientific models to hypothetical scenarios. And so their course tutor, Mervyn Roy, from the Physics and Astronomy Department, said that he thought the topic would be inspirational (laughs) to get them engaged in complex physics so the research paper was published in a peer-reviewed journal run by students to give them the experience of publishing editing and reviewing papers and their research didn't stop at, at that so once the study had been completed students flagged up that humans are good at adapting and overcoming adversity and it wasn't taken into account in the original study so the team reworked their calculations and published an additional report. Nice. Yeah, which considered um, that people would adapt and become better at escaping and killing zombies, and they could quickly have a lot of babies. So it they actually discovered that the best place to hide is in the mountains, not in malls, and that the team re-estimated that it would take about a thousand days or 2.7 years for humans to wipe out all the zombies. In another 25 years, the human population should start to recover from the attack. So the point of this was to use variables and the parameters of infection. Um, yeah, so they I... used they used an epidemiolo- epidemiological technique called the SIR model, which is a thing that the CDC actually uses um, to figure out how how diseases spread. So that's it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I thought you would find that really interesting. I do. And I you have, have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions that you probably can't answer. <laughs> yeah, like, because I couldn't find the actual study. I found a, an article about it in a UK newspaper, okay. which we can we can link in the yeah, on the yeah. show page. Like I'm thinking about 
the severity of other epidemics and pandemics and how those spread and like governmental responses mm. to those and even just well, like as tra- you, if, if you believe movies and television shows the government's like see a suckers when the zombies strike <laughs> or they just quarantine like they hem people in and whoever's in that parameter is gonna die i feel like there was a really bad uk action movie about that i can't remember what it was like, there are was a bunch a of movies sure. about that um <laughs> but like to to go to a recent panic mm. the, are you gonna talk about ebola yeah like it's it's really 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 bad news yeah if you get it yeah but it really 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 doesn't transmit very well and for the other stuff that transmits very well, it's generally not as bad news. Like, the the Spanish flu is really, really, really bad news. But even still, even without, like, knowing epidemiology, basically, at that point, it's still capped out. Uh, I don't know. And suddenly I remembered the Native American genocide, where, like, 97% of indigenous peoples in the americas were killed by an epidemic before the bulk of european colonists showed up and started taking over so maybe never mind well so a couple of things right first of all we should state that neither of us are medical professionals yeah so the second thing we should note is that the ebola outbreak that happened in 2016 um was complicated for another a number of reasons right right so um there was a lot of immigration panic tied to it and um it was one of the the first case that was a one of the first cases that was acquired here in the united states actually happened and i think we also you really need to think about the fact that the transmission of a virus like Ebola is different from an airborne virus. Right. So that's that's part of that earlier study that cited that if a virus mutates, it, it the zombie virus would be more likely to be spread if it was like an avian flu or right. something airborne, which is, you know, something like what the the influenza that kills people every year rather than something that requires mucosal membrane contact or bloodborne transmission or even um gosh what am i thinking um it it, the droplets right right so uh those are those are much easier to protect yourself against yeah mm. i mean even if you get a drop droplet of an infected fluid on you it would have to hit exactly the right place at the right time and be absorbed in the right way for you to get it whereas if someone with influenza sneezes on you and you inhale that airborne right right which is why I have qualms with this study I have never read. <laughs> God, and now I'm like rethinking all of my training and trying to remember <clears throat> droplet versus airborne. I am not a physician, but I do train on this stuff every year. Just wash your hands, okay? Yeah. Wash your hands, cough in your arms. That's all I'm going to say. And, you know. 20 seconds. Because if 
you don't do it long enough, it doesn't actually clean your hands. Right. And you, you don't have to use antibacterial soap. Regular soap is just fine. Yes. Just wash your friggin' hands, people. <laughs> also, get your flu vaccine. Seriously. People who have asthma, like me, and people who have COPD, and small children, and the elderly, and people with compromised immune systems, we rely on you and herd immunity. And I can get a flu vaccine. I get my flu vaccine. But there are some people, cancer patients, who can't, and they really need us to get them. So I'll, I'll get off my little soapbox there. So. Yes. But do it. Yeah. Do it as soon as they come out, if you can. Happy holidays. Get your flu shot. <laughs> and that's a gift for us all. Right. I will consider it a gift from you. Yay. The gift of herd immunity. Okay. All right. Do you feel good about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's yeah. It. Sincerely, check out Night of the Comet. You can get it on DVD. You couldn't for a long time, but now you can. I think it was actually streamable on Netflix for a little while. Epic. There is a comet. People become zombies. People were outside partying to see it. If you weren't outside, you didn't get it. Two sisters hole up in a mall with two other guys. I feel like the zombies could talk in that movie, though. I really need to rewatch it. Maybe we'll watch that today instead of a Christmas movie. It's not scary. Just give me a look. It sounds like a horror. Musical. It is, but it's, <laughs> no, it's not a musical. Nobody sings. There's, they're just in a shopping it, mall, so okay. they try on a lot of clothes to music and dance around. Is it like <laughs> you guys can't see is, it, but I just danced. Is it uh, a zo- Is it like the zombie movie version of Mannequin? <laughs> oh no, I was gonna say wow. I was gonna say like Buffy the Vampire Slayer is to vampire movies, or is it a little? Oh, no, it's not that good. Or, <laughs> So, is it more like... I mean, uh, I love it, and I maybe watched it every day, the summer vacation after third grade. Don't get me wrong. For me, it is cinematic perfection. Is it more like Once Bitten for vampire movies? Yes. It has a lot of nostalgic appeal. It's not particularly good, but it's like that kind of... How dare you insult Lauren Hutton like this? Look... Once Bitten is great, and I will still watch it all the time, given any opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually don't think anyone who was in Night of the Comet went on to have a bigger career. (laughs) Whereas Mm. people in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, which I stand by. Oh, yeah. It It is probably the peak of vampire... Um... Lord... The oeuvre? The oeuvre? Yeah. So... Yeah, it is, I will say this, it is peak 80s sort of teen mall movie with zombies. I I don't really, because it's not really a horror movie. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. For I know you don't have a favorite zombie movie, so you can't share one. So this is mansplainer. <laughs> you've you've been womansplained. Feel free to well actually me all over Twitter and everywhere else on the internet about zombies and how much I don't know because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, asking about Jason Voorhees, I'm all over it. But zombies, it's a rough one. Um, 
Yeah, so this is Patty. This is Spencer. Thank you to everyone who puts so much time and effort into understanding zombies on the internet. We'll link to a couple of places where I found some information. And um, thank you to Chastity Belt for our theme song. So we're going to put a link to a video of the song Zombie Christmas by Emmy the Great and Tim Wheeler on the show page. It's fantastic and thematically appropriate and seasonal at that. So have a happy uh, whatever. Whatever Whatever you celebrate. We will also put a link to the video for Devo's Marry Something to You. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so just be good to one another. It's been a rough year. And get your flu shot. And get your flu shot. Bye. Also, Event Horizon was a sci-fi film. (laughs) Okay, that in the end, the explanation is hell is real. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. If it makes you feel any better, somebody tricked me into watching that movie in college, and therefore, it's like The Ring. You have to pass on the movie or you die. You have to be a shitty friend to someone else. (laughs) Yeah, so I love you, and I chose you. (laughs) Thanks. It, It is really terrifying, though. All right. Yeah, you should read is it Mallory Arpark's live tweets. Yeah. Those are yeah. I'll link to the start of that in the show notes.